0: How's everybody doing on this beautiful Sunday night? Amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Amen. We had a great time this morning. Had some wonderful baby dedications and all this stuff. So uh, it was an awesome, awesome service this morning. And we're going to have a really good time together tonight. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to keep boldly proclaiming that America is... Coming to Jesus. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. Let's speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. Very good. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into our announcements. And as you know, we've got lots and lots of good stuff going on. Uh, let me announce one more time that we have our newest church member. And I don't know if it's good timing, Julie, but we have my little nephew uh, over here. He is uh, was born on Wednesday morning. And so it's Hosea Abraham Samples. All right. So we welcome him to the church family. Amen. All right, and uh, and he's a good big boy. He's a, It's a blessing to have even more uh, little ones in the church. All right. Well, we have got a lot going on for Harvest Fest. A lot. It is vastly approaching, and this year, I believe, is going to be the biggest and best one that we have ever had. Who thinks that we're going to have that this year? Amen. And we're going to reach more people than ever with the gospel. And so um, we've got a, a lot of fundraisers coming up over the next few weeks. They're all up there on the screen. Heavenly Beauty Salon, uh, Sabrina Alva's business, is doing $25 manicures and pedicures for the rest of the month of September. And 50% of the profit goes to Harvest Fest. So, ladies, that sounds like a pretty good thing, right? Okay. And then uh, i got to say something. The other week I was given that announcement and I said, ladies, go get your nails did. And my mom approaches me and was like, David Samples, that is improper grammar. Why would you it is get your nails done? And I was like, Mother, 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 mother. You, I'll, I'll explain someday, but it's 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 a long story. It's it's from the early two thousands. You'll get it someday. Alright. Anyway, so uh, ladies get your nails dipped. And then uh crispy cream donuts. Uh we're gonna be selling crispy cream donuts. Uh, and there, you can order those back there. I'm not sure the details on that, but order them at the info booth. And I mean, come on, who would who doesn't like Krispy Kreme? That's good for you. It's good for you. Well, maybe it's not, but it's good for the soul because it makes you happy. And then the yard sale is on the 24th of September. And if, uh, if you've got donations, Desiree, uh, they can see Desiree or Casey regarding your donations. Amen. And so uh, get the information from them on that. Then Carl's Jr. is doing a fundraiser for us on the 25th. You just got to have the uh, flyer in hand when you go there. And then they'll donate, I forget, but a, a portion of the profit to Harvest Fest. Then there's going to be a wonderful spaghetti dinner on October the 9th, right after the morning service. And so, hey, you are probably going to go out to eat anyway. Why don't you just get it from here at church and take it on home? And uh, the, all the prophets will go to Harvest Fest. And now the biggest thing that you need to do is bring in candy. We've got to have candy, candy, candy. Uh, we're uh, the goal is to get fifteen hundred bags to pass out to kids So the first fifteen hundred kids get a bag of candy and and I don't believe that God is chintzy You know, I heard somebody say he is El Shaddai not El Chipo. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna fill these bags up with candy We're talking about the good stuff, right? And so uh, so we want bring in candy. We want to take care of these kids give them wonderful bags of candy so they could say, hey, I had a better time at church than I did when I was out there on the streets trick-or-treating, amen? And so that's the goal. Uh, so we got the two uh, boxes back there. One is for youth group. One is for children's church. It's a competition. Whichever group brings in the most candy wins. And the biggest thing they win is bragging rights for the next year. And that's a big thing. Even though the Lord frowns upon bragging in this case, we're encouraging it because it'll get us candy. All right. Uh, so we got all that going on. And then finally, uh, just to kind of give you a, a heads up, about a nine month heads up, <laughs> uh, we are planning a missions trip to Honduras in June of 2023, and if you remember Ron and Annette Thesea were here with us a couple of weeks ago, there are missionaries, uh, they live there full-time, they're running a Christian school and all sorts of really great things, and so we're going to get, uh, it's open to really, you know, any of the church members here, but uh, it's going to be a tentatively, all right, approximately June 15th through the 21st of 2023, and uh, we'll get more details as we uh, start approaching that. But the two biggest things I've had people ask me, where do I start? Well, first, you need to get your passport if you're interested. That's the first step to any of this is getting your passport. And the approximate estimated cost of the trip would be around $1,500. That, of course, you know, we'll see what airfare is at that time. And uh, hey, maybe it could even be cheaper than that. So either way, God's not afraid of the price. He'll still get you down there, right? So, uh, so if, if it's on your heart and you know the Lord wants you to go on the trip, then praise god release your faith and you're gonna go and it's gonna be awesome and god's gonna use you in a great big way amen all right well uh that's what i've got for tonight and the announcements but it is time for our sunday night tithes and offerings who knows what time it is now yes let's have pastor come on up he's gonna do our sunday night tithes and offerings and it is happy time because god loves a cheerful giver amen
1: Say God loves a cheerful giver. They they sad. He loves a fearful giver. What kind of what? Oh, you get that's a religious, religious translation. He loves a what kind of giver? I can't see too far away with these glasses on. Oh, let me take these off so I see closer. One cheerful, two cheerful. I'm just i kind, of, kind of giving a smile test right now to see. Barbara, you smiling? cheerful giver. <laughs> Casey, you smiling? Cheerful giver. Amos? Cheerful giver. <laughs> All right, hold your hands in an envelope for your times, your offerings, and open up your Bible to 3 John verse 2. And I want to remind you, we're having our uh, trans what's we call, it transverse Transitioning service on October the 2nd to lay hands on Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie to officially pass the mantle, pass the baton to these guys that already run it anyway, but pass them that, and then there'll be things take place this You are here. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. Amen. Okay, 3rd John 2, beloved, I wish above all If that's a dirty word in Christianity, then it shouldn't be in the Bible. But God's the one who put that in the Bible. He said He wants us to prosper and be in health, even as see how much Facebook garbage you can read. Uh, see how much Twitters you can do. Even as what? Your soul prospers. God equates your spiritual life to your material prosperity. Amen? He said, even as your soul prospers. And, 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 and that word prosper there comes from a Greek word, eudo, and it means to help on the road or succeed in reaching. To help on the road or succeed in reaching. And, and what that means is this. Our life is a journey. Our life is we're coming through life and we're growing and growing and growing. Our destination is heaven. Between the time we're born again, at the time we get to go to heaven there's a lot of travel spiritually we will take a lot of things we will do and God said that on that road it's his will for us to prosper and prosper one definition is it means to cause to succeed especially economic success especially economic success and prosperity covers a lot of things you want your family saved amen you want your kids to do good you want things to go right for your family that's what God said on the road. I'm going to help you. Your kids will do good. Amen. Things we take care of is that even as your soul prospers, and you know, there's a phrase I've been using lately. I, I, I think the Lord just put, put it in my heart a few months ago. We can't be weekend warriors. God's army is full time. When you're in God's army, you're in it, and expect you to prepare every day, every day, every day. Battles come every day. And you got to be ready every day. Opportunities come. I, I, I was talking to Ernest over here a while ago about my own life back in 1979. I knew I needed to get right with God. I wasn't raised in a Christian family. And uh, I got saved when I was in high school, so I knew what I was about. And then uh, I walked away from God. And when I was 28 years old, I just started knowing it's time to get right with God again. And so... There was a church in the neighborhood, so I went to that church five Sundays in a row. I went to the for five Sundays in a row to get saved. And I don't even think the preacher were saved. Two different preachers. I talked to them. I said, I said I need to get right with God. But you pray for me. And they just kind of, you know, uh, walked away from me. They didn't know what to do. And so I praise God to have a good church where anybody in this church knows how to lead somebody to Jesus. Anybody in this church can help anybody, not just the preacher, to do it. But we need to know that you need to have a healthy soul. You need to be spiritually healthy. When you do, God will take care of the rest. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Well, let's make our financial faith confession. We'll bring our tithes and our offerings up to the altar. We'll worship God with it. And uh, how many more cheerful givers do we have? Amen. I think, I think we need to push smiley face on the emoji thing. (laughs) Let's stand up smiley face. Oh, there she is. Wow. Picture's worth a thousand words. She got it right on her shirt. That's Mrs. Cheerful. Let's give a hand for Mrs. Cheerful. All right. Let's, let's, let's make this financial faith confession together. As we bring the Lord's tithe today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, Raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs. I have more than enough to take care of my family, give gently to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: Feel free to join us at the altar for worship tonight. Let's sing together.
3: At the sound of Jesus' name, lights made whole, hearts awake. At the sound of Jesus' name, chains will fall, prison shake. At the sound of Jesus' name, lights made whole, hearts awake. At the sound of Jesus' name, chains will fall, prison shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Bless made oh, whole, hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. There is freedom, there is freedom, where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom, there is freedom, come out of the dark, just as you are, into the fullness of His love. For the Spirit is here, let there be free. Graces waiting for you. Dance like the way has been lifted. Graces waiting. Dance like the way
2: has been lifted.
3: Graces waiting. Is. There is freedom, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. again. Where the spirit <speaking> of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. Come out of the dark. Just as you are into the fullness of His love For the Spirit is here, let there be freedom Let there be freedom
2: I dare not trust the sweetest frame But wholly trust in Jesus' name Let's sing Christ Alone Christ Alone A cornerstone the weak made strong In the savior's love, through the storm, He is Lord, the Lord of my anchor holds within. Hands and raise our voices. Christ alone, a cornerstone, a weak, made strong, that in the Savior's love, through the storm, he And through the He is Lord, Lord of all And let's climb, let's sing when He shall come When He shall come with trumpet sound I'm dressed in his right justness alone, I fall this stand before the throne. Let's sing it out Christ alone, a corner stone, a weak man. In the Savior's love, through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all.
0: Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands to Him tonight. There's a just a gentle and sweet presence in, in the church tonight, and I know that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us and, and minister to us and and as we're singing that song I'm, I I'm just singing it so many times man that through the storm He has brought us through it. He is Lord of all. And if he is your cornerstone, hey, you're in really good shape. Because there's nothing that can blow that down, man, if he is your cornerstone. Let's raise our hands again one more time. Jesus, we love you. We praise you tonight. And Lord, we we magnify your name. We lift you up. We know that you said if you would be lifted up from the earth, you would draw all men unto you. And so we lift you up tonight in Jesus' name. And I ask that you would have your way in this service, Lord speak to us give us the truth lord we don't we don't want lies we're not here to to just uh, hear what we want to hear we're here to hear from you jesus and to hear the truth in our lives and so have your way in this service and lord we want to change for the better we want to be more and more like you we love you we praise you have your way tonight in jesus mighty name amen can we give jesus some praise tonight hallelujah well, you can make your way to your seats, and hey, uh go ahead and say hi to somebody, give a handshake, give a high five, you know, show a little love, don't get carried away. Some of you yahoos get a little crazy when I say that, but you know, calm down, just brief little greeting, there you go, All right. <laughs> Well, praise the Lord. I'm uh, excited to be uh, speaking tonight, preaching God's Word tonight. I was talking to Dad, and I haven't done a Sunday night in a little while, so I wanted to make sure that uh, that I did one of these. And uh, and anyway, uh, we're going to have a really good time. As I was praying about uh, what the Lord wants, uh, wants to be brought forth tonight, I just kept hearing these two wonderful words, faith and patience. Now, everybody's like, yeah, I'm all about faith, but really, hey, you need to be all about faith. You also need to be all about patience, <laughs> and not everybody's always excited to hear about patience, and uh, and and you know that's not as popular of a topic to to go over. But these two words, these two attributes, are key. They go together hand in hand. You've got to have patience with your faith because we've realized that sometimes it takes a few minutes. It takes a little while before you see the answer to what it is that you've been believing God for. And you got to remind yourself of patience to go along with it. I heard this story about this guy. He stopped at the grocery store on the way home uh, from work to pick up a couple of items that his wife wanted. And you know, hey, sometimes that happens. And uh, and us guys aren't always as good at uh, getting what, what we're supposed to get on the list. But anyway, this guy is, he's wandering around the store searching for the things on the list that his wife had texted him. And uh, as he's going through, uh, he keeps running into the same guy in every aisle. Have you ever had that? You just kind of, and it gets a little awkward. You keep running into the same person in every, Isle you go to. And, uh, and, and so, uh, this man, he couldn't help, but, uh, but notice that, uh, The same guy he kept running into was a dad with a little boy, and the little kid's asking, Dad, I want a candy bar. And he's like, Billy, it's okay, you know, just calm down, we're, we're gonna, we'll get, we'll get home soon. And, and, and so the next aisle he runs into, the little boy's getting a little bit more loud, Dad, I want this candy bar. And, and so the dad calmly, it's okay, we'll get to the car, we'll get home, we can make it through this. And, and each aisle, the little boy's being a little more loud, and a little more belligerent, and in every aisle, the dad is just calmly, Billy, it's okay. Everything's gonna be alright, Billy. We're gonna make it through. And so finally they check out and they're going out, uh, out the door and, and this man buckles the little kid into the car and, The original man that was just there getting stuff for his wife, he runs up and he's like, I just need to commend you. I know Billy was quite a handful in there. And the whole time, you just spoke calmly and peacefully and kept your patience with Billy. And I just want to say, you are a great dad. And uh, and so the dad replies, you don't get it, do you? I'm Billy. (laughs) I'm Billy. I was talking to myself, trying to calm myself down because my boy was driving me through the roof. And I, if I was to be honest, I mean, sometimes there's times that you could probably catch me walking through the store. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it. Because, hey, our patience gets tried. And if you're a parent, you know that, hey, sometimes those most precious to you can try your patience the most. But really, in the end, what I'm getting to is this, is that faith and patience in the real world, all joking aside, are two things that you have got to have together, and I'm going to show you a few verses about this tonight, but it's so important that we don't lose sight of patience, and, uh, and again, not everybody wants to hear about patience all the time, but this is something that if you will get a hold of this, my goodness, it could change your life, so let's pray, and we're going to look at three areas tonight where you need patience. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your holy word, and we're going to open it tonight. We're going to study the Bible together, and Lord, I know that you've got some things that we need to hear, and so Jesus, get it to us tonight. I pray that we would have ears to hear and open hearts to receive your word, and we know, Lord, that we're going to get the answers that we need tonight. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said... All right, three areas that you need faith and patience in, all right? And this may not seem like a big deal, but oh, it is. Number one, you need patience and faith just simply in everyday life, everyday life. And I know sometimes we're thinking about, man, I need faith for the big things and, and patience for the big things, but you've got to start exercising these and just simply living your everyday Christian life. And I want to show you a verse here tonight, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Let's go to Hebrews 12 and verse 1. And I'm going to mainly be in, I'm going to be in the book of Hebrews a lot tonight. I'm also going to be in the King James and New verse 1 in the King James, and maybe this is a a familiar verse to you, but check this out. There is a couple of really important things that we need to get out of this. So Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, what's the cloud of witnesses that, that he's referring to? This is talking about Those that have gone before us, the Christians that have gone before us in the faith, they are a crowd of witnesses that are getting to observe from heaven what it is and how you are running your race down here. And so check it out. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And here it is. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So let me tell you, we all have a race that has been set before us. You realize that, right? That in your life, in several uh, passages, the scripture tells us that we are running a race. This life is a race. And it also specifically says you need to run the race that is set before you. We're responsible for our own race. Now, too many times I think we aren't running our race properly because we're too focused on the dude beside us. His race. You know what I mean? And like, man, I would try, but what about this guy? He's a mess. And, and, or this guy, he's all over the place. Or, or what, what about this guy? Why does he get these blessings? And, and that's really, that's none of your business. His race is not your race. You're supposed to be focusing on the race that is set before you. And we've already talked about parenting a little bit. But, I mean, as a parent, I know a lot of times you'll tell one kid to do something. Hey, you need to go do this. Okay, but what about my sister? Huh? Okay, well, I wasn't talking about her. I was talking about you. Am I the only parent that I tell one kid to do something and they question everybody else's business? Well, I'm thinking of a story one time. In John chapter 21, we're not turning there, but John 21, uh, Jesus is back. He's with the disciples. And Jesus, right there towards the end of John 21, he's telling Peter some things about Peter's future, about his life. And so as soon as Jesus tells him all this, Peter's like, okay, what about John? What about John? And Jesus basically paraphrases like, Mind your own business, all right? John's life is John's life, and your life is your life. Whatever happens to John is none of your business, Peter. You need to focus on you. And I'm telling you, in our lives, if you are constantly living a life of comparison to everybody else, if you're focusing on their race, you're going to grow very impatient and you're not going to properly run the race that is set before you. Why is that? Because, hey, what if the guy beside you, God uses him in some way and, and he's advancing quicker than maybe where you're at? Well, praise God, that's his business. It's none of your business. But if I'm constantly comparing myself to where everybody else is at, I'm going to lose sight of where God is holding me accountable for. And I think one of the most crazy things in our current, our modern generation is social media. I thank God that I grew up in the 90s with Nickelodeon and not social media. Uh, come on. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Animaniacs, that was enough to just blow my mind. It pinky in the brain, that's what I needed. But I'm thinking about, man, these guys... It's a dangerous thing. And it's a, I mean, and you look at the, the depression rates and the, and the suicide, it's all just really the last several years gone up. And I think that it's a contributing factor from social media because most people on social media, they're putting their highlight reel. They put a filter on that picture. They crop it. They hit it from just the right angle. And you are only seeing their very best moments. And what happens is, you compare somebody else's best moments to your worst moments. You're like, oh my gosh, they're at a 10 right now, and here I am, I'm at a 2 today, and I just can't believe that. And you're comparing their very best stuff to your worst stuff, to your, to your low points. And what happens? Well, you start focusing on their race, and I'm not where I should be at, and I'll just, I'll just quit, and I'll just go this direction, and I'll just totally change races altogether, and, 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 And it is a dangerous, dangerous thing. I'm not responsible for your life. I mean, in a certain extent, you know, being pastor here, that, yeah, I I give an account for your soul, my dad, and I give an account for your soul according to Scripture. But in the end, you have the right to do whatever you're going to do. And you are responsible for your own life. And I'm responsible for mine. And if I'm too busy comparing my race to everybody else's, I'm going to get myself just in a real mixed up situation. And so if you're further advanced in life than me, praise God, good for you. I'm just going to focus on my race. You got more money? That's fine. Praise God. Uh, You know, that's where God's got you. That just because you're doing better in an area than I am, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm a loser and that I had just better quit it all. Uh, It just means that, hey, this is where God's got me right now, and I'm going to focus on where. I'm at, right? And so quit comparing your race that you're running to everybody else's. And you got to know that the race that we're running, that's been set before us, it's a marathon. This isn't a, you know, this isn't a sprint, This isn't a quick, you know, I don't know much about running. This isn't a 40-yard sprint or something. I mean, this is the 26-mile marathon. You better pace yourself. And if you're too busy just trying to keep up with the Joneses instead of trying to keep up with what Jesus told you to do, you're going to run out of steam really, really quick. And I recognize that we do live in a very... Fast-paced society where patience, you know, there's an old saying that patience is a virtue and that's a good thing. I, but, but listen, we live in such a society where we are used to getting things really, really quickly. Have you noticed that? And maybe, maybe you haven't, but we are used to getting things really, really quickly compared to people throughout most of the history of the world and even people in other countries right now. And uh, and 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 you need to, don't let that come into your life, you know. Just because you want to get your cheeseburger in three minutes, that's good, you know. Praise God for Wendy's. But listen, listen, uh, uh, sometimes there's things that you're praying for and it may not happen in three minutes. But that doesn't mean you just blow the whole God thing up and, oh, they don't work, I don't, they don't work, I, I, I know better than that. No. Faith and patience is how we're supposed to run the race. Look at Hebrews chapter 6, alright? You're already in Hebrews. Let's look at chapter 6, and we're gonna look at verses 11 and 12, amen? You still with me tonight? We're talking about faith and patience and not comparing yourself to everybody else. Comparison is a dangerous trap. Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 11, And 12, and we'll do this in the New King James, it says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. All right, we're sticking with this until the end. But look at verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through what faith and patience inherit the promises. How is it that we inherit the promises? It is through faith and patience we inherit the promises. What are the promises? Well, that's a long thing to talk about right there, but I can tell you this much. The promises of God include safety for you and your family, provision for your life, salvation, healing, peace joy there's hundreds there's thousands of promises of god in the bible if you you know if you really want to get down to it but it takes faith and patience to inherit the promises of god and you know as i've been raised in church and 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 lived the christian life for a very long time i've seen so many christians that have tons of potential i mean god is gifted them god has called them god has big plans for their life and god wants to do something great through them but they just don't have the faith and patience to live a consistent christian life and really one of the biggest things that i can admire in anybody is simply living a stable consistent christian life you know people are thinking about you know Man, i, I got to preach to millions. And, and praise God, man. If God has you do that, thank you, Jesus. But really, really, I mean, I admire people so much that they receive Jesus into their heart. They become a disciple. They make a commitment to Jesus. They, they make a commitment to the Lord and to church. And they just live a stable, consistent Christian life every day. And, you know, you think about Daniel in the book of Daniel. You know, it may not seem like at first you know, we ended up knowing some great things about him, about the lion's den and all that stuff, but what got him in the lion's den is that he was just basically living a boring life. Every single day he did the exact same thing. He basically ate the same food every day. He prayed to God three times a day, kneeling in his bedroom, facing towards Jerusalem, and did the same thing day in and day out, and to the average person, consistency seems really, really boring. You're like, man, I want an adventure. I want to do something wild and crazy today. And really the most successful people that I know just got really, really good at doing the same things over and over again. A story that I tell a lot of times is this, is I read about Larry Bird in high school. If you don't know who he is, he was a basketball player back in the day. And he's from my home state, so I gotta give him that. But anyway, Larry Bird, his sophomore year, he like broke his leg or something in the beginning of the season. And so he, 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 Nobody knew it, but every morning he would get to the to the gym at school early. I think it was 500 free throws. He couldn't do much, but he could shoot free throws. And so he'd be shooting 500 free throws before school every single morning. And with basketball, if you have the right backspin and hit the shot exactly where it's supposed to be, the ball will bounce right back to you. I don't know if you knew that or not. So, I mean, he was just getting it perfectly on and bouncing the ball back every single time. And to the average person, shooting 500 free throws a day, is pretty boring. It's pretty redundant. It's pretty mundane. And to some people, reading the same scriptures and repeating them to yourself every day, praying, worshiping, going to church three times a week, it may seem mundane and and, and not that much. But in crunch time, in the heat of the battle, I want the guy on my team that's been doing exactly what he's supposed to do day in and day out, even when nobody was watching. And so his basketball team made it to the state sectionals and, and his team, uh, they put him in in the fourth quarter and everyone's like, Larry? Old Larry? What, why do we put him in? Well, he grabs a rebound and gets fouled and goes to the free throw line and everyone's like, oh, we're done for now. He hasn't touched a basketball in three months. And what they don't realize is he's been playing more than he's ever played, just doing the same thing Over and over. And so he gets up there, boom, hits both free throws like it's nothing. And the crowd goes wild and everyone's like, it's a miracle that he even hit those. It wasn't a miracle. He was just doing what he did every single day. And as a Christian that is running your everyday life with faith and patience, people are going to start seeing results in your life. They're going to start seeing answered prayers. And it's incredible. It's mind-blowing. It's a miracle that they're getting these results. And you're going to be like, it's really not that mind-blowing. This is just what I do every day. I wake up and read my Bible. I praise God. I pray. I go out and give the devil a nightmare of a day every day. It's no surprise to me. This is just what I do. Y'all ought to be a little excited on Sunday night. It's been a long day, but come on, listen to me now. Listen When you are just doing the basics and running your race, other people are going to be shocked when your life is incredible, but you're not going to be shocked. You knew it was coming. You were just doing what it takes to get there. And so, again, it takes patience because you don't always see the big picture in the end. I was talking to somebody this morning that... They were looking back on their life, and they're like, I see it now that God led me here, and God did this, and God did that. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a connect-the-dot picture. At the time, when you're in preschool connecting the dots, you don't see you know, what's going on. But at the end, you can see how this dot led to that, and, and in the end, you put it all together, and you've got a beautiful picture on your hands depending on your art level in preschool. But at the same time, you know, in your life, you'll look back and see all the little things that God did along the way. When you connect the dots, you maybe didn't see it at the time, but in the end, you're going to see like, wow, God is good to me. He is so good. I never would have thought it in the beginning And why is it that God doesn't just show you the full picture right now? I mean, I know some people are like, I wish God would just hurry up and show me what the, you know, what the promised land is, what the end result is. Well, if God gave you your full blessing where you're at right now and, 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 and and just gave it all to you all at once, I know this much, speaking for me, I wouldn't be mature enough to probably handle all of it, especially when I was 20 years old or something. If God had just laid it all in my lap at 20, I would not have been mature enough to handle the fullness of god's blessing on my life and i know this much also if god just gave it all to you right now most of us would not be mature enough to appreciate it like we should when we have faith and patience and we've had to stand in faith and be patient for some things listen i'm just telling you You begin to appreciate some of those things a little bit more, at least in my experience. And, and, and I know that if God just dumped it all on you all right now, no, you wouldn't, you're not ready for it. That's why He's, that's why it's, it's one step at a time. Psalm 37 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I believe that God leads us in steps, one step at a time. And, and if you, you handle this step, okay, let's move on to the next step. And all of us are always looking for some big giant leap. And usually the Lord's leading you in steps, one step at a time. And as you learned that, it's a beautiful thing. You begin to appreciate where you were at each step along the way. Faith and patience. Amen. All right, we better move on to number two here. And so we're talking about we've got to be patient, have faith and patience, just simply in everyday life, but also in trials, And, and, you know, nobody wants to talk about trials or difficulties, but I've learned that they do exist. I'm not claiming them and speaking them into my life and believing for them, but I realize that, yeah, sometimes difficulty comes knocking on the door. And we have got to have faith and patience. So look at James chapter 1. Can we do that? James chapter 1. Amen. Are we still together tonight? Who has learned that sometimes you need a little bit of patience to make it through? Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. So James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, and I'm gonna read this one in the King James, or excuse me, the New King James also. But James chapter 1, verse 2. Here it goes. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, that goes against everything that's in my instincts. Hey, listen, when you fall into various trials, the last thing you want to do is count it all joy. But as the Christian, that is what you're told to do. And so count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Why? Well, verse three, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Wow. The testing of my faith produces patience. And if you, there it is again, these two words in the same verse. And as you go throughout the New Testament, especially the epistles, you keep seeing these two words pop up together in the same verses together. And so the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so that word uh, that the King James renders perfect, really it means mature. And so as we let patience have its way in our life, we begin to mature in the Christian faith. And I'll tell you this much, every mature Christian I know, they're very patient people. I don't know anybody that I would label as a mature Christian that is extremely impatient and, and 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 can't wait for anything. It is an epic sign of maturity when you are a patient person. And when, the, when you don't get the answer overnight, you don't give up and say, oh, forget it. No. Mature Christians are patient people. And, I, you know, I've stayed in faith on some things for years at a time. And uh, there's been a lot of things, man, I've prayed for and gotten really quick results. Like when I had cancer, when I had leukemia as a child, my my parents were standing in faith. And really the whole process, you know, it was a month or less really that that it all, before I I really received my full healing and, and, you know, it never came back, thank God. And I know sometimes though, you know, uh, you may get a bad medical diagnosis and report and you stand in faith a little while but that doesn't mean that God's any less powerful or or that 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 the work isn't taking place in your body it just means that I'm gonna stand on God's word and I am going to see the end result out of all of this amen and I was I was just talking to a guy this morning this kind of caught me off guard but guy comes up to me after church an older man and I didn't I he told me that I prayed for his eyesight a little while back. To be honest, I don't remember that, but I guess I did. I pray for a lot of people, so sometimes I can't remember every single person. And so he's like, you're not going to believe this. And, you know, my dad taught me when someone says that, like, try me. I'm a believer, so I probably will. <laughs> anyway, so he's telling me that we prayed for his, for his eyes a while back, and apparently he had pretty much completely lost vision in one of his eyes. Well, we gave him a Bible verse to stand on, and lo and behold he stood on that verse. He's been reading it and quoting it every day. He woke up this weekend and his eyesight was 100% restored in this eye. And I'm like, wow, praise God. I mean, not, not surprised because, Hey, you know, we pray for people and give them scriptures expecting that it's going to work. And, and so he was just so excited and happy. And, and listen, God's word works. Now, sometimes you pray for someone and there's just an Instant manifestation, gift of the spirit of healing, and it just happens right away. And then sometimes, like in this instance, we pray, and then you stand on God's word, keep speaking it, keep reading it, keep quoting it, and you'll see the result if you don't give up. Amen? All right, and so let's look at Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Are you glad you came to church on a Sunday night? This is better than Sunday night football. Yeah? All right, thank you. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. And this is a wonderful verse that you need to know. Isaiah 55. And we're going to look here at verse 11 in the New King James. Isaiah 55. Verse 11. And I love this, man. It says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. What are we talking about? God's word the word of God. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So what is that saying? In a nutshell, God's word never fails. It will not return unto him void or empty or powerless. He said, it will always accomplish what I send it forth to do, and it will prosper in the thing for which I send it. And so you have got to get the revelation in your heart that God's word never fails. I don't know, man. I've had some failures. Well, yeah, man. I've failed a lot of times on my end, but God's word has never, ever failed me, ever And one thing that you've got to watch out for is, you know, we're talking about the Word of God. It's like a seed. And whenever you plant that seed into the ground, you got to water it. You got to, you got to mix faith with that seed. Amen. Faith with God's Word that is watering the seed. And one thing that about seeds is this, is you plant it and for most things, you don't just instantly see green pop up out of the ground as soon as you put the seed in there. But what's happening is, if you are watering that seed, if you're taking care of that seed, there are things happening beneath the surface that are incredible. There's roots going down. There's, there's nutrients being absorbed. There's, there's growth happening all beneath the surface. Before you ever see it pop up out of the ground, but if you will leave it there and just let nature take its course, keep watering it. Let God have it. Check it out. Eventually, you see something sprout up out of the ground, and after a while, man, what? Depending on what you planted, you could have you know an awesome you know plant on your hands, or you could have a tree, whatever it is. But the thing is, is you planted the seed. And you let it get watered. And you let it all happen beneath the surface. And so what I'm what I'm trying to get at is this. So many times I see somebody plant the seed of God's word. You know, say we're praying for their finances, just for an example. And so we give them some scriptures. How about Philippians 4.19? My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so they get this verse. They plant the seed in the ground, so to speak. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, I believe that God's going to supply all my needs that that i'm i'm it's god's coming through and and whatever this financial situation is god will supply the need the seed has been planted now what do you do you water it every day but what some people do is two days later when they haven't when you know elon musk didn't knock on their door and write him a check for a billion dollars what do they do they they dig the seed up oh we're never gonna make it Oh, this ain't working. Oh, my gosh. I feel like it's never going to happen. Well, what, what happened when you did that? You dug the seed that you planted out of the ground is what you did. And, well, what do we do now? You need to correct your heart and your mouth, and you need to start all over again, get the word, plant it again in your heart into the ground, and... Water that seed, but don't dig it up when you don't see some, you know, when you don't see a sequoia sprout out overnight. It takes a little while for really awesome things to grow. You need patience in your life. Don't start doubting God in the middle of your miracle. That's what I'm saying to you tonight, is there may be a miracle in the works in your life right now don't start doubting God. Don't give up. Don't blow it all up just because it hasn't happened just yet. You gotta stick with it. Philippians 1-6 tells us that God who began a good work in you will complete it. You realize God's a finisher, right? He's not a quitter. If He started an awesome work in your life, He's not gonna quit. He's not gonna, He will complete what he started. And if he started a miracle, if he started something awesome in your life, you stick with him. You be patient, but listen to me, he will complete the awesome work that he started in your life. Now I think about Peter in the Bible. He was walking on the water towards Jesus. And it's a famous story and oftentimes, you know, we just focus on the fact that he fell. But you realize that there's only two people in recorded history that actually walked on water without any trickery or deceit, like, you know, like the magicians in Vegas. But, but I'm telling you, only two people, Jesus Christ and Simon Peter. Peter literally walked on water towards Jesus. And in the middle of this miracle, he begins to look around at all the, the commotion and the waves and the danger, and that's when he sank. When he took his eyes off Jesus. And we're quick to, you know, like, oh my gosh, look what he did. But seriously, I haven't ever taken one step on water. (laughs) And Peter, I don't know how many he took, but he at least took a few and he was doing it. He was walking on water. It was a miracle until doubt came in. And some of us, compared to where you were a year ago, you might as well say you're walking on water right now because you were a mess right? Where you started from and where you are now, it's a miracle. And you may look at someone else's life and say, yeah, but, but what about them? Forget them. Focus on you. Focus on Jesus, faith and patience. And so if you, if you would just keep your eyes on Jesus, quit, quit, quit doubting, keep your eyes on him and realize that you're in the middle of a miracle In your life right now. God is doing something awesome. And in the end when you connect all the dots. You're going to see a beautiful picture. But don't quit right now. And don't dig up the faith seed that was planted. Guard your words. It's a beautiful thing when you see what God has in store for you. And so we're talking about faith and patience. Number one you've got to be Faithful and patient, just in everyday life. Number two, you got to have faith and patience, even in the the trials and difficulties. And number three, faith and patience with other people. With other people, and who realizes that that sometimes other people can be tr- difficult to your patience. Maybe uh, parents, right? You got kids. You know what I'm talking about. We know who you are. Uh, but but really, you know, you, it, it takes patience even with other people and i know that maybe you're you're believing god for a relative to 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 finally receive jesus you're believing god for you know for a, somebody else to to get it for the for the eyes of their understanding to be enlightened as paul said and for them to finally see what it is that you see about jesus but you've got to continue to have faith and be patient with them i want to look here at galatians 6 and verse 9 we used this verse this morning but we're going to use it one more time tonight galatians 6 and verse 9 in the king james but we've got to we've got to be patient you know i look around this room here and i see some of you that are like some of the most awesome church members ever now and i know it wasn't that long ago that you had family believe in god for you right pleading for god you know right hey dave i mean i remember just uh, how awesome it is the work that god did in his life his family and his wife and daughters they, they stood in the gap and so many other people and now here you are a strong warrior of a christian but other people didn't give up on you and don't you give up on them when they need it i'm thinking about it in, in my family's life Uh you know the... Wonderful, precious, sweet little old grandma. She kept the faith that her grandkids would come to the Lord and that, and that and my dad would come to the Lord. I'm so glad she didn't give up on him. I'm so glad that she didn't say, yeah, it's a lost cause. Guy's drunk every single chance he gets. You know, here, here, you know, I'm not blasting him. He knows he's. This is public information. He's told you this. So, but, but, you know, you know, having alcohol issues and all this stuff. What if she had given up and said he's a lost cause? Forget about it. I know. I guarantee you, I wouldn't be here today. He never would have married my mom. She was a good Christian girl. She would have dated him. So, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and, and I, you know, hey, he, he had some awesome, uh, clothing. If he's, he shared some of the pictures, the bell bottoms and the, the big collars and the big hair, it was incredible. I mean, you, but still she wouldn't have dated him even through all that, uh, because he wasn't a Christian. And so I am so grateful that my great grandma didn't give up. She kept the faith. And for you guys, someone kept the faith for you. You know, most of you where, where someone else would have said, In well doing, for in due season we shall reap
2: if we faint not. If we don't give up. In due season we
0: shall reap if we faint not. Well, you know, everyone wants to know, when is due season? Well, it's not a written date on the calendar, I wish that it was. But we don't know. God knows season is, but I know this much that times, but either way, I don't, I'm going to give up and say it's never happening. Remember growing up in Indiana and the ice and the cold and the snow, man, I couldn't wait for springtime. I despised winter. I know I'm the exact opposite. I love winter and hate summer. But anyway, but, but, but every single year, man, I just, I couldn't wait for spring to come and for winter to go away. But here's the thing. Sometimes spring would show up, I mean, just right on time, right, in March, and it was ready to go. Other years, it seemed like spring was never going to come. It could be April, even potentially early time of May, and still getting snow, still getting cold, still getting nasty weather. But the truth of the matter is this. As much as I hated that, I always knew that spring was going to come, It is a real season. It does exist. I didn't think, oh, they're just making that up. Spring ain't even real. It ain't ever going to come. No, it came. And I'm telling you right now that there is a due season in your life. And it will come. And you will reap in due season if you faint not, if you don't give up. It takes faith and patience to get the promises of God. I'm going to show you one final verse tonight, one final verse. Hebrews 10, verses 35 and 36. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Have we had a good time together tonight? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, verses 35 and 36. And I'm going to read these ones in the NLT. But I know that the Lord's been trying to get your attention tonight. And, uh, man, maybe you needed a little... the patience area praise god but hebrews 10 35 and 36 in the nlt we'll do this one in the nlt it says so do not throw away this confident trust in the lord remember the great reward it brings you now get this patient endurance is what you need now you've got the faith but patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do god's will then you will receive all that he has promised. Doesn't that sound like what we read earlier in Hebrews? That you need faith and patience, patient endurance. If you do that, then you will receive all that he has promised. And you need to realize that God has made some great big promises to you, hasn't he? And the more you read his word, sometimes I read these promises and it's like, whoa, that's almost too good to be true. Well, that's the gospel. It's really good news. And it takes faith to understand that and faith to receive that. But as you're standing for God's promises and you're waiting for that miracle, man, don't give up. Patient endurance is what you need now. And you will receive all that he has promised. Amen. Alright, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Who has had a good time in God's house tonight? Amen. Well, we're gonna take a minute here to, uh, close out in a little prayer and in some worship. So I'll have my prayer team come on up tonight. If you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray with you and to, uh, you know, believe God for the miracle that you need. But the biggest thing of all is this. If you're here and maybe you don't really have a relationship with the lord that's step number one to everything else in your life nothing else is going to work right until you have things right with jesus and so if you're here and you would say that yeah i've never really made that commitment to jesus received him or or maybe you have but you kind of walked away i always say this that we're not here to judge you for it and you know throw stones at you but we are here to say hey Let's get things right with God tonight. Let, let, let's make this right. Romans ten thirteen says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so if you would call upon him tonight, we know that you shall be saved. So if that's you, you come on up to any one of us. We'll pray with you on that. But if you need prayer for anything else at all, we want to trust God for the miracle that you need. Amen. So let's go ahead and uh, pray together tonight. And Josh is going to lead us in a worship song for a few minutes here. But let's just take a minute on this. Amen. My hope is built on nothing less
2: Than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest ring But holy you
0: We're going to go ahead and and close things out tonight. Who's been blessed from God's word this evening? Hallelujah. Yes, amen. Faith and patience inherit the promises of God. And so uh, you keep standing in faith. and You're going to see some great things happen in your life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer tonight. Then we'll speak some words of faith over Barstow. And you can be on your way, amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. For what we've seen in the word of God tonight. And Lord, we know that yes, you have good plans. You've got good things in store for us. But we realize that if we just keep giving up and and not having patience, Lord, we're never going to fully see that. And so we thank you that through faith and patience, we shall inherit the promises of God. We love you. and We ask that you would use us this week to be the light of the world. We think that every family, every individual, every person here tonight is Bless this week your angels surround us and protect us everywhere we go and we thank you jesus that you're using us we love you and praise you in jesus name everybody said all right let's go ahead and speak some words of faith we declare that barstow is a blessed city our families are blessed our schools are blessed our churches are blessed barstow is healed barstow is prospering barstow is safe Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Wednesday.